We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partners in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart, and our draft savant, Tommy Avant. See, I, did, I didn't even do that on purpose. I'm not going to lie. Tommy, I didn't do that on purpose at all. Savant. <laughs> Avant. <laughs> Nice little plan words there. Dig it. <laughs> How y'all doing? <laughs> What's up, dudes? Oh, my goodness. It's been a week in our Rams kingdom here trying to figure out what this team is doing. A draft that is memorable. Lots of reactions. And we're here to get them all from the former player. And again, our draft savant. So. First things first, I want this to be an uninterrupted conversation. Let's get a word from our sponsors right away. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the list of draft picks and we'll go through the list of of UDFA's this year. There are 26 UDFA's. So if you want to try and make the NFL, the Rams were the destination because, as we said during the draft, this is not a reload. This is a rebuild. How quick it'll be, we'll find out. Lots of time, lots of playing time available. Here's our list, and then we'll get our our responses here. Matter of fact, we'll go through it pick by pick. We went through them that day. Second round pick 36, Steve Avia, guard, TCU. We've had a couple days to reflect on this. Uh, Mike, what were, your, what were your thoughts, man? Well, obviously, you know, we needed uh, help at the O-line position based on, a, you know, a number of our guys last year just not getting the job done. So, for pick's sake, great pick. Uh, He's a TCU uh, horn frog, obviously good size. Uh, but again, you know, you got a rookie coming in at the center position. It's just a lot to put on uh, a center. But we had a guy that played in my day, Burn Brost, that came in and got up to speed pretty quick. So hopefully that will be the same for Mr. Avila. And Avila. we're off and running. Tommy, your thoughts? Well, as you guys know, every year when the Rams are on the clock, I I pencil in the guy that I would take, you know, if I was there. Um, knowing the way the Rams draft since 2017, this might have been the most shocking pick in the second round for them. And I popped right out of my seat when the name went off the board because not in a million years would I think that this regime would take this guy. Not because I don't think he's good. I think he's amazing. I just, he doesn't fit what we normally look for, right? The Rams like to draft for scheme. 
I think that's asinine, in my opinion. You draft the toughest guys on the field and you teach them the way you want them to play football. That's it. Okay. So when they took this dude, I lost it. Like, I couldn't believe it. I penciled in safety Brian Branch because I thought that that was the safest pick and in, in, in a direction that the Rams would probably go. They're notorious for taking safeties, wide receivers, and running backs and tight ends first in the draft, whether it's the second round, whatever pick they have first in the draft, that's usually the direction they go. Um, I felt that even though we drafted four DBs last year that they missed on a, on a couple of them or whatever, they are eventually they might have whatever, but I thought Brian branch was a, a no brainer there. So that's who I took. But, and usually when the Rams, you know, pick comes in after I pencil my guy in, I get upset. And this time, I actually think they made a better pick than I did. So, and when I always say this, if the Rams beat me in the draft, that just means our teams should be good, you know, or building towards that. Um, I think that, you know, three years from now, I hope that they, they beat me in this draft, dude. This guy is the toughest offensive lineman in this draft by far. He is as mean as they get. And if you haven't watched tape on him, go watch tape because he'll take his first guy and drag him, and then he'll immediately look for a linebacker to mow down after that. So that's exactly what you look for in um, an offensive lineman. And his pass pro is great just because he's tough, and he'll fight with anybody on the field. He's going to come in right away and start. He'll probably start at left guard or right guard. He won't start at center. He played guard in college. He played some center. He moved around quite a bit. He might eventually be our center. Um, I think, though, you know, the smart move is to put our best five on the field. So I would put Coleman Shelton um, at center and put Avila at guard. This guy's a road grader, dude. This is a great pick. I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. But for me, I got to be honest. You know, I tend to – for me, I tend to – take time to really kind of reflect on everything. I'm not really the kind of person who will make a quick judgment. And if I do, I'm usually wrong. So when this draft pick went down, I was sitting there going, you know, Hey, uh, I, I, you know, there's a lot of needs here. Why guard? And then we got to talk a little bit on the show. And the more I think about it, the more and more, you know, I think you and I talked about it. If this Rams team is going to win, given all the players they moved, it's going to be through running the football, through being, as you said, Tommy, a road grader. Right now, the only way I can see them winning is possession football. And that's not even a given. This, is, this, in my view, is a rebuild. And I'm fine with that. Got a Super Bowl. I'm fine with the rebuild. I'm hoping they build it better than last time. That's what I'm hoping for. So getting Steve Villa here fits that mold. And how many times over the course of the last three or four years have we complained about the physical toughness of our guys up front? It doesn't mean they're not working hard. It doesn't mean that they're not doing the best they can. But some players are just meaner. Some players are just that much grittier. And this is what I think they need. So reflecting back over, I I actually love the pick. I, I think it sets the table for what they're going to do. Because in my, in my view, I know we'll talk about Stetson Ben a little bit later. I don't think Stetson Ben is their quarterback of the future. I think they're going to take a quarterback next year as they prepare to move on from Matt Stafford. 
And you want to have those pieces in place to protect that quarterback, to produce a running game like you used to produce. I, I like the pick. And I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see him become one of the best guards in the league rather quickly. So I'm pretty stoked about it. I really am. Uh, going, to, going to round three, pick 77. Bryce, uh, not Bryce, sorry, Byron Young, Edge, Tennessee. This is the one, Tommy, you said you called. You called this one. So we're going to start with you. Why this pick? Well, um, three days before the draft, I put out my final mock. I took him. Um, and then on the clock, I paused the TV. I penciled him in. I unpaused it. And I hit the pick. I'm glad we were on the same page. This guy doesn't have a lot of experience. But what he lacks in experience, he has in everything else. The build, the speed, the length, the toughness, the motor, the struggle, which I think is the most important part. A guy who had to work at Dollar General and Circle K to just get by and who came from nothing. Nobody gave him a shot. He worked his way up through the smaller colleges. Finally, uh, getting to Tennessee and getting to get on the field and show what he's made of and what he has you can't teach. Like I always say, guys, that's what I look for in players. I don't overthink it. I take guys that have high character and are tough and have the intangibles that you can't teach and get them out there and teach them what you want them to do and let them go be them. This guy is a fantastic football player, and I don't care about his experience because he pays he plays a violent position at edge where you can put him out there and just let him wreak havoc you know what i mean just let him go and and the lack of depth at that position on our team is so bad why wouldn't you plug him right in there you know who else are you going to put in there because someone will argue well he's just a rookie well who else are you going to put in there go look at our roster right now who else are you going to put in there our edge rushers are the worst in the league on paper. So put him in there. Let him play. You know, dude, is he's a great football player. What do you think, Mike? Man, I have to agree. Uh, you know, when you're looking for something, you know, one of the things you look for at this level or in a competitive situation is somebody who is hungry. This kid, you know, when you've had to, and not to put him in the same note as a Kurt Warner, but you get a different type of person who literally had to work their way up and earn it on every level. So for him to find his way to a military academy, to way of a junior college, then make a Tennessee Vols team, become a starter do some work, and now become a draft pick in the NFL, this guy is going to be a dude, I don't know him, but my assumption is going to be he's not going to be a dude, a guy to take plays off and take seasons off. He's he's earned it every year, and he now has a chance to fulfill a dream that few get to, and he seems like a kid that's not going to waste that opportunity. So at 6'3", 245, and coming off the edge and chasing down people, but you can just imagine, and I'll just use my own analogy, from going to O-lineman, outside linebacker in high school, 
to an outside linebacker at junior college to a safety to then NFL. So even though you get drafted, 87, me, eighth rounder, I literally had only been playing in the secondary three years at that point. That was my third year. And so, you know, each year I felt like I got better and better, really learned how to play the position. First couple of years, you know, yeah, man, I'm going to hit you. But didn't learn how to out-scheme quarterbacks when Joe Montana's trying to look you off and all those kind of things that you learn as you play with seasoned veterans like Nolan Cromwell, Johnny Johnson, Vince Newsom, and those guys, and Jerry and Lee, and, and learning how to play as a secondary player at a different level. This guy, to me, I would say is he's going to be hungry. And probably, you know, barring any injury, Lord, you know, keep them all safe. Uh, but, yeah, I like the idea that just the background tells me a lot about the individual. The, the Byron pick for me was, again, need. What do we need? We need everybody. And when you let Leonard Floyd go, you pretty much let anybody you have in the edge go. <laughs> That's good. I mean. We need everybody. We need, so. There, in a lot of ways, the Rams couldn't go wrong in this trap. And this, unless they started, unless they started picking up five point, you know, five foot seven, five foot six, one hundred forty five pound receivers in the second round. Oh wait, that was last year or two years ago. Two years ago, yes. Yeah, I mean, unless you keep doing things like that, you need so many guys. It's hard to mess this up. And I think they did fine. The the Byron Young pick they needed next round down. Round three, pick A and I. We lost Greg Gaines. We lost Ashawn uh, Robinson. So you go get Kobe Turner, defensive tackle, Wake Forest. Another guy who right away fits the mold of what they actually will need. They needed a defensive tackle right next to Aaron Donald. They needed that. So to go fill that need in some kind of way here with a quality football player matters. Tommy. I know you know something about Kobe Turner. You do know something about Kobe Turner, right? That's your question. <laughs> well, okay. it got quiet here for a moment, man. There was, a, there was an awkward pause. I was letting you do your thing. Um, Kobe Turner, this is where we, me and the Rams, went in different directions. Um, same position, defensive tackle. Um, I think they could have got Kobe Turner later in the draft. Um, I don't want to use the word reach because I don't, I don't like that term because go get your guys. That's what I always say. Go get your guys. There's no such thing as a reach because everyone board is different, right? His, he, he obviously was higher on their board than he was on other teams or on mock draft simulators, right? On mock draft simulators, he was ranked like six, six round and they took him in the third, but that doesn't matter. They went and got their guy. I just disagreed with it. Um, because of his size and what I felt we needed early because this draft was not deep at defensive tackle at all. I took, um, the nose tackle because I feel that running a three, four defense that you need a huge nose tackle in the middle. And Kobe Turner is the same size as, as a Aaron Donald, right? So he's a little bit taller, but not by much, maybe an inch or two. 
but same weight, 280 plus. Um, I went with Siaki Ika, nose tackle from Baylor, six foot three, 348 pounds, and runs like a deer for his size. I don't know if you guys ever watched tape on him, but I'm a big fan of the Polynesian football player. I think every team should have at least two. The guys are just relentless, and this dude is one of them. I played with four Polynesians when I played in high school, and they were the toughest guys on my team by far. Um, Have a huge affinity for that community, too, not just for football players and their toughness, but they're just great people in general. Um, You know, they're just a welcoming community. Let's just say that. Um, But, yeah, I went in a different direction because I felt that losing – a Sean Robinson, the big body in the middle, and we're we need to be better at stopping the run. I felt that um Siaki would have been a better pick. Um the Cleveland Browns ended up taking him not too far after this pick. Um and I'm not shocked why. He's a he's gonna be a good football player for the Browns. But I do like the Kobe Turner pick. Uh he's a good football player. So will you say that the Rams were three for three at this point then? Yeah. I, I would, I would say, yeah, that I'm okay with that. I just wish they would have went bigger. I wish they would have went for a nose tackle instead of a defensive end in a three four, which I believe did they take any more during this draft? Um, they have, yeah, it's funny they have Kobe Turner listed as the defensive tackle and Deshaun Johnson, who they took in the seventh round as a defensive end, but they're both defensive tackles. Uh, per se, in that 3-4 where you would need a nose tackle, and I think we're lacking that at this point. I think Bobby Brown will end up playing that position, though. But anyways, I'll hand it off to Mike. Uh, my my take on it is simply this. Uh, <clears throat> this goes back to, you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Tom, that the Rams kind of uh, draft or scheme and things like that to a degree. It seems like this is more of that pick. Uh, there's another guy here, Turner, walked on at Richmond, played there three years before he transferred to Wake Forest his final year. So you could say he went from one division, Wake Forest, nah, I think would probably be a step up a little bit uh, for his final season. But sounds like, you know, he probably graduated early as well. Uh, so speaks for some intelligence, but when I look at the 6-2-288, I'm thinking in more of size of an Aaron Donald type where you can get lower than other guys, and it seems like that may be why he may uh, have been drafted here uh, because of maybe that comparison, if you will. Not that he's Aaron Donald. But if they are able to see something and go, well, wait a minute, this dude knows how to leverage, you know how to do these things. Now we can get this guy as a steal, and now he can come in, work with Aaron, learn a few things from him, and even be better. So I, I go back with what DC was just saying. You know, you, you can say, yeah, they're three for three uh, in the picks, uh, you know, overall. Because, again, I like that, you know, they kind of need a little bit of everything. So it, it seems like they actually have done done some homework and, and at least are coming up with picks that make some sense. 
What do you think, Derek? They, well, like I said, they needed everything. It was, in my view, this was a gritty draft. This was them going and getting football players. And sometimes you wondered if they were just going out there getting toys in the past. Tommy, I I think that when we've talked about the draft, that's been a big complaint. Like, they're looking looking for toys. And I I felt like there was a focused purpose here and everything they were Mm -hmm. doing to fill gaps, to find players they needed. And that's why I think made the draft better. Probably their best in years. They, back 2016, 2017, even before that, I really liked their drafts. And, and it was a time when I would be saying, hey, it's 2020. And out of their 27 picks in the last three years, 23 of them are still on the team. That's rare. And then all of a sudden, they started doing all kinds of weird stuff to draft. This was a purposeful draft all the way through. And the pick show, the Turner pick shows that, the young pick shows that. and the Avia pick shows that. And then we come down to round four, and it's Tedson Bennett. And this is where I think there's, you know, some curiosity here. You know, to me, he's from Georgia. Stafford's from Georgia. There's the connection there. The film for many, again, you mentioned this earlier on Kobe Turner, that it was viewed by some as a reach. You could have got him later. But... I mean, he's is he a better backup than we had last year? By far. That, that's that's the thing is like, you know, I, I'm not a real big believer in Stetson Bennett. I'm not. I, I'm not. But I'm not. Do you think he was one of those? Him. Do you think he was one of those? You know, like they say, it comes out of the bigger schools, like. Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia and and just one of those quarterback factory types where they put him in the system and they thrive and they surround him with the best talent in the nation. And do you think that that's kind of the feel here? You know, I watched that Ohio State-Georgia game very closely. And there were things he did in that game I just didn't that just didn't sit right in terms of how he played it. Of course, later on, he, I mean, of course he brought the team back, but how, so how much of it is this guy's going to be a, a, at least a decent backup pro. And how much of it is, you know, Hey, he had tons of talent around him there. And I'll, I'll say this now, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't bring Georgia back if they don't knock, Marvin Harrison Jr. out of that game. The Buckeyes are about to put that away. So, yeah. I mean, I go back to that game itself, not even the title game, because to me, the title game last year was Ohio State Georgia. It wasn't Ohio. It wasn't Georgia TCU. It was Ohio State Georgia. Um, and when I look at that and I see how he played at times in that game against that that Ohio State defense, that whole Ohio State roster is full of future NFLers, just like the Georgia offense and defense was. I, I just saw a guy who, in my view, was fortunate to be with a bunch of really great football players. I didn't see him as anything more, but that that's not why they picked him. I still think they're taking a quarterback next year. The question is, is, is should they have taken him here? Yeah, this sense? is where... The, yeah, I, I agree. This is where the draft 
went sideways for me and I got emotional for a second. So I was going to, I was really excited the way the Rams were trading around. Um, and they ended up taking their, the pick, um, in the third round traded down a little bit and ended up reeling in a fourth round pick. That's how they were able to pick up this 128, which I was excited about because we did not have a pick in the fourth round. So I'm sitting there waiting patiently, knowing I'm going to pencil my quarterback in right here at 128, the backup, um, Matt Stafford, right? So we're, we're about to be on the clock and I see that the saints trade right above us. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. And they, I see it come off the board. The quarterback that I wanted to take in this position, which was Jay Kaner from Fresno state. And I came unhinged. Like I was, it totally threw me off. I was not prepared to lose my quarterback one pick before our pick. And I got emotional, like in a sense where I was now not focused. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take an inside linebacker here because there's still a ton of quarterbacks on the board and I should be able to reel one in with our next pick, the first pick that we would get in the fifth round, right? So I penciled in my inside linebacker, Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati, who, by the way, went undrafted, which I thought was hilarious. And he ended up getting picked up, I think, by the Vikings, and he's going to be a great pickup for them. Um. One man's trash is another man's treasure and vice versa. I had a lot higher grade on him than a, a lot of the NFL teams because he went undrafted. So it is what it is. So I penciled him in and then I, I wait, you know, till the next round and the quarterbacks start flying off the board. Another one comes off after we take Stenson Bennett at the end of the, the round. And then you go into the fifth and then they start coming off. And you like, dude, Clayton Toon comes off. Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson, who I was going to grab with the next pick that we had on the board. So I ended up um, taking a quarterback, the quarterback from BYU. But anyways, it just gives you a bird's eye view that this happened to me. So how, how much do you think this happens to the teams, when the GMs and the coaches when they're in there and the scouts? drafting and someone pulls a, a fast one on you like that like the Steelers did in the first round when they pulled the fast one on and jumped over um who did they jump over I think it was the Packers to get the tackle right the left tackle because there was like only like three in this draft that were any good apparently so yeah you <laughs> I I could see how GMs and uh, and guys can come unhinged in situations like that. I just wanted to share that story with you guys because it was really frustrating for me. Mike, we know you won the Fresno State guy. We know you did. For sure, but my question is this. Everybody else is getting hammered for being 5'11", trying to play quarterback. Why is not this guy getting hammered? He gets hammered. I've heard him get. I've heard one of the main Chris's be that he's been, he's of his height. And that's not even why. I don't care about his height. I I care about other things I've seen with him. So let's let's get the brass tacks here. You guys go. 
Yeah, man, he's better than the quarterbacks he, we had. Who? Who is he better than? Wolford and Perkins. <laughs> you think? I think so. I think so. so. I think so. Perkins, 6'3", cannon, can run, escape the pocket. Now, I will say he was there for two years, and maybe they feel like, hey, man, this kid isn't getting it, or some off-the-field something that we've never heard of. But, I mean, 6'3", can run, versus 5'11", can't run. Matthew Stafford is, what, 6'5", 6'4". And then, you know, we we handing off. We got Brett Ripien at the number two right now on this projected depth chart for the season. And again, my thing, as I said, uh, you know, last week at the draft, hey, anybody who gets drafted, hats off. But at the end of the day, it it seems like this guy's not ever going to see the field. And like, why would we draft if you're not really going to see the field? They're not handing off the team to no uh, Stetson Bennett. Not happening. I, I don't see that in two, three years, four years. I, I don't see that happening. Now. No, he's not going to be our future starter, but we needed a backup quarterback. We only had one on the team. They decided to not re-sign the other two guys because they felt they'd seen enough of both of them over the handful of years. Wolford was on the team for, what, three years, Perkins, two years, whatever. That was enough for them, and it was enough for me, too. You know, you need a backup. They they went out and got Baker Mayfield for a reason. Uh, that's yeah, what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. I get that. I guess I'm saying that at pick four, when you can literally sign a free agent quarterback if you just need to fill a spot, why would you use the draft a fourth round instead of getting something else at that spot and just pick up a QB as a free agent who's a little more proven? That's all I'm saying. That's a good question. I'm curious to see who's even available right now. That's a free agent. I could look that up too while we're going into um, the Man, next we got pick. Cam. Cam's available. <laughs> I don't know. Cam, Cam Newton? No, yeah. the Rams don't want Cam either. Cam is a big mouth diva. They don't, a lot of teams don't like that. And they're, they were talking about, Pat Cameron was talking about that on, uh, on the show the other day. And even, to, they, you, you even see it in, in scenes in that uh, that draft day movie with Kevin Costner because I watch it at, before every draft now. And he tells, you know, Mac, hey, get off Twitter, delete your Twitter right now. NFL GMs hate when players yap right. like that. Like, just shut up and play football, dude. Like, stop going on there and feeling you need to voice your opinion on every single subject in the world. Like, dude, stop it. You know, so that's why a lot of people don't like Cam because he runs his mouth. Now, you do have a consistent theme, though. Bennett himself was a walk on it at, at, at Georgia as well, you know, and then led the team. So that dude, I'm sure, again, has a little bit extra in him to, you know, prove every and anyone wrong. But when you see these guys who have overcome, all kinds of obstacles that says a little bit something different going back to your point about character so man you get a plus for that because again you're not george is not just a typical walk-on school and then you find yourself in there and when the big big daddy that that kind of speaks for itself too i'm just 
interesting to see that if 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 they don't think that there's a real future, you know, I think I ought to use the pick for something else and just try to find a QB and you know, but then again, you you obviously are gonna probably pay less when it comes down to and you know, that's for you guys who are capologists that that may make a little more sense uh financially to to take the pick as opposed to signing a guy. So yeah, who knows? I, I think but, I think they just want somebody they can get in their system from the very beginning, somebody who hasn't been in 40 of their systems before and had to deal with 40 of their systems. And being, they don't, let me say it this way I don't think they want to go, have, go back and have to undo the things other teams have done. You get a guy straight out of college who automatically you have his mentor. In Matt Stafford, a guy who also went to Georgia, and you could put him in your system right away without ever having to worry about any of the professional system. And you never know, maybe he becomes that guy, develops into that guy. I don't think he'll be that guy. I mean, I'm, I'm insistent. I believe they're going to draft a quarterback next year. I really believe that. It's a deep draft next year, which, which gives more reason to think they're going to. So I'm this thinking. This is what of, I love about this. Not cutting you off, Derek, though I did cut you off. Uh, you made just a great point. I don't know if you know it. A fellow Georgia and Matt Stafford, and I'm sure Tommy would agree with this, there's a lot that goes on at the water cooler, at the parking garage, you know. You're damn right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure Stafford either knows or they said, hey, man, and there may be something that all of us don't know that they go, yeah, we need to grab this guy because he has, you know, that something special. So great point, Derek. Uh, fellow George, and I'm sure Stafford got some extra intel that maybe other teams don't know about that speaks to his character. Yeah, he signed off on this for sure. And and you've seen them standing side by side. At the national championship celebration in the locker room, Matt Stafford and Stetson Bennett, buddy, buddy. And you saw it. You, they, people kept posting that picture after the they drafted him. And I was like, there we go. <laughs> it all makes sense. You know what I mean? And I'm, by the way, I'm looking at the free agent uh, quarterback list. It's ugly. And they'll all cost more than Stetson Bennett. So I'm yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah. They, gra- they grabbed the quarterback. They grabbed a quarterback, and and I was worried that they wouldn't, even though they didn't have more than one on the roster. I was like, they have to grab at least one in this draft, especially with that many draft picks. And they did, so I'm fine with it. And they were, and, and you know what? If they would have waited, they would have been screwed, Mike, because that conversation we just had a few minutes ago where I thought I was going to be able to take the Fresno State kid here and he got picked right. right in front of you. That started the run on QBs. Right. You know how the draft works. As soon as one position yeah. starts going, whatever round it is, here comes the train of teams that need that position as well. Oh, man, I got to – damn it. I wanted that one. I got to grab the next one. Right. And this right. is exactly what happened. And between our pick – or between – actually, between 127 ahead of us with the Fresno State kid and our pick, the very next one – there was three quarterbacks taken, you know, in the, in that part of the round, and then there was four taken in the fifth round. So there you go. You know that the run started, and if we would have waited, 
The only quarterback that was left on the board that I thought was worth drafting is the the guy I took, which was Jaron Hall from BYU. So I took him at the next pick. Yeah, and BYU quarterbacks right now aren't exactly uh, well thought of after the last one that came out. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Going through the rest of the draft. Boy, you better watch yourself with that noise. Don't be comparing <laughs> my guy Jaron Hall to Zach Wilson. Sorry, ass. Oh, I'm not. I, I listen. I'm, reps matter, right? Like reputations matter, and unfortunately, due to you know, you get what I'm saying. Okay. No, I get it. Round five, and we're gonna go this a little quicker here because we've already done the air for a while. Round five, pick 161, Nick Hampton Edge. Round five, 174, offensive tackle Warren McClendon. Georgia, another Georgia guy. Round five, pick 175, Davis Allen, tight end, Clemson. And round five, pick 177, BYU. There you go. I'm I'm not going to disrespect this guy and even try and pronounce his last name or his first name. Um, But it's easy. It's Puka Nakua. Okay, you say it. You you said great. Wonderful. Those, I'm 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 just going to go right to. Tommy and this one, I know you were read up on these guys. Talk about them. What do you like about round five here, and what don't you like about it? I mean, I don't mind the picks. Hampton's a good player. Um, McClendon is solid at right tackle. I think he's going to replace uh, Rob Havenstein at some point um, if we're trying to keep salary caps down, right? Because that's what he was at Georgia. Was a right tackle. Um, the Clemson tight end is a great blocker. Um, he has a lot of upside. Um, as far as the receiver, Puka Nakua. Um, I think he's good. I, I wouldn't have taken him right here, but I, I had other receivers that I took in this draft. Um, the wide receiver At Perry from Wake Forest, and I also took uh, Maryland wide receiver Dante Demas Jr. So. Um, he's a good, he fits what we do. He's going to run those jet sweeps like Robert Woods did uh, a lot of the plays that they ran at BYU, um, with him, um, or similar to what we like to do. So he fits, uh, if he can stay healthy, he'll be a contributor and our wide receiver core is trash. So he's going to play. I mean, we outside of Cooper cup, dude, it, there's a huge drop off there. I mean, Van Jefferson's he's all right. Um, but it's. It's not good. I thought they would have drafted more than one receiver in this draft with 14 picks. I was a little shocked, especially with McVay being our head coach. So, yeah, they went with uh, a lot of trench warfare here, which I love. So I'm not going to argue. Well, that again, that reminds me, though, of what we've been talking about for how they're going to win next year. I think it's going to be ground and pound. I think they're going to be a ground team. And I'm actually okay with that. Mike, any thoughts on round five before we go to round six? No, no, I, I think I like it overall. I, you know, I'm just looking at some of these heights and weights, and uh, yeah, man, those some uh, good size tight end at six six two fifty, and uh, got a chance to see the receiver at BYU in a couple games. Dude can catch that rock, uh, and just kind of goes back to uh, Tommy's point of playing with Polynesian type of kids. You know, all the kids I play with at Fresno and or against, you know, those guys have a different gear, a different mentality. So 
I know right off the bat that he's going to be a tough kid. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, picks overall, you know, are going to be uh, real good. So, uh, yeah. All right, round six. Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, cornerback, TCU. He is a Tomlinson, the nephew of a Hall of Famer. LaShawn Mathis, I think I got it right. Edge, Nebraska. I'm going right to you, big man. Tommy, tell us about him. Mathis? Mathis and Tomlinson. Tomlinson, uh, he plays much bigger than his size. I don't I don't really care about cornerback size too much. I, I prefer bigger corners, but when they play with the tenacity that Tomlinson does, I'm not gonna balk at it. He he goes up, he's got a great vertical, he goes up with the tall receivers and knocks the ball down. He has great instincts. Um, he's always around the ball. Um, and I love that about him. I'm sure his uh, his uncle had a lot of influence in in his life and and how to be a you know work towards being a pro. I think that that you know him. I was shocked that he fell to the sixth round. To be honest with you, and when he was still on the board when we took him, I, I couldn't believe it. And as far as Mathis is concerned, um, he was a transfer at TCU. He was a he was a bad dude, and then he. He transferred to Nebraska for one year and kind of fell off. Maybe it was a system thing, and he didn't. He only had one year to get his uh, his bearings under him. Maybe if he would have stayed, you know, st- these guys got to be careful with this transfer stuff because he fell to the sixth round. But maybe if he stayed at TCU, he might have ended up in you know third round, second round. Who knows? He has the talent for it. And if you go look at his TCU tape, it'll it'll tell the story. Um, so I think that his draft stock fell because I think these guys get, I think because they're afraid they're not going to be get enough playing time that they're just going to transfer where sometimes I've seen rotational edge rushers get, you know, the rotational guy that's technically the backup on a college team. I've seen that guy get drafted higher than the starter before. So you got to be careful with this new transfer portal stuff and these kids getting ants in their pants. It might uh, it might hurt your stock a little bit. And I think that that's what happened here. I don't think this is a talent thing. So round seven. This is the pick there. A lot of people. Whoa, whoa. You skipped the running back. No, I'm going there now. He was a six round pick, but it says round seven pick 215. I got round six, 215. All right, whichever. He's picked 215. It says yeah. to me, I'm on, I'm on pro, football, pro Football Network site. Round seven, round six, it doesn't matter. It's pick 215. Zach Evans, running back, Ole Miss. The one everybody was happy about. Dude, are you kidding me? Like, he was still on the board? This, I mean, I know this draft was deep at running back. Um, this is another guy with ants in his pants who transferred a bunch of times. He he signed initial uh, letter of intent at Georgia. Imagine if he would have stayed there. If he would have stayed there, where would he have even been drafted? Think about that. <laughs> and then he transferred uh, multiple times, and he ended up at uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Um, 
the dude has got a second gear. I'm not going to say he's going to, you know, emulate Todd Gurley's career because you can't do that. But body type, running style, um, he reminds me of Todd quite a bit. I love this pick. I absolutely loved it. Mike. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I am in total agreement with the idea of not just putting work in and earning it where you are, but whatever reason these guys tend to transfer and go from here to there uh, is a little bit beyond my thinking. Uh, but, you know, he got good size, looks like good speed. And again, you know, I, I like the fact that you're kind of getting a guy in a later round. Uh, that means usually you're going to come in a little bit more hungry. And, you know, I like the fact that he played at Ole Miss. So you're you're playing in a conference that, uh, you know, those guys kind of get after it. So it's not going to be a big drop off to now you know, be playing against NFL players, though, again, that's the next level up. But I think hopefully his times and his travels uh, will pay off in some real things. But it looks like he had, you know, a little bit of hip thing and, you know, a concussion thing. But uh, he still rushed for nine, almost a thousand yards, uh, you know, last season. So uh, looking looking forward to that, you know, I'm going to have to check with my boy Ron Gould. You know the running back coach now with the Rams and 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 get some of the real scoop. All right, I, I love the pick. Watching film on this, watching this film, this animal. <laughs> he is he is he, and that's what he is. Like he he has good vision. He he finds his way through. If you if you play the Georgia, things are different. How did he fall here? And opportunities are going to be there. They're not going. They, they're not going to want to have, you know, the current stable running backs, which is slim, shoulder load. Who's going to make this team? And I would not be surprised if he develops into the featured starter two years from now. Because I don't think they're going to keep old boy there long. Cam Akers is not there. For, is, not, is not there for the long haul. No, he's so. only has one year left on his rookie deal. He's gone. This is his audition. He's going to go to another team, especially after the debacle midseason when they benched him because he got all bent out of shape because he didn't realize that his injury he had, basically where he missed the whole season, what was it the Super Bowl year? And he mm-hmm. came back in the playoffs. He, uh, he lost an accrued season for, what was it again? I don't know. He, he retirement some, service, some, right? Something, something like that. Or I don't service know. Time. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, he was pissed off about that. And uh, oh no, here it is. He was so after this season, he's not going to be a free agent. He's going to be a restricted free agent because of the injury and the way that his their contracts are. Um, if you if on your rookie deal, I guess if you get injured. For a whole season like he did, you you don't become an unrestricted free agent after your four year deal. You you become a restricted free agent. So the Rams will still own his rights. Another player, another team can sign him to a deal, and the Rams can either match or let him go. And that's what pissed him off because he didn't know that, and so he they got into it, and that's why he was benched, I guess. Well, 
Insubordination. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and of course, what happens? He wants to come back and playing well anyway. I yeah, because think- nobody's ever questioned his ability. You know what I mean? The dude can play football. I mean, I think there was some frustration that he didn't start off the way he wanted to start. There was lots of frustration. I mean, he didn't look good to start the year. And we sometimes forget that that was an Achilles injury. That takes some hot. If you come back right at all, it takes time. If you even come back right at all. And so, sure enough, as the year went on and he got more carries, he looked better. That's what it is. Ethan Evans, punter Wingate. Jason Taylor was second. Safety, Oklahoma State. And Deshaun Johnson, edge Toledo. Those are your round seven guys. We're closing this bad boy out. Tommy, how you feeling? Um, the punter from Wingate, never heard of him. Um, watched some tape on him, not game film, but him practicing and people timing his hang time and he getting all bent out of shape because it wasn't good enough. It was like a 5.4 and he wanted it to be higher. 5.4 hang time and 70 yard punt. And he's upset. Give me that guy. Plus, he's built like a linebacker. So if anybody, uh, Runs it back on him. He could light them up. <laughs> um, the safety, uh, Jason Taylor, the second um, from Oklahoma State, uh, is a true free safety, and we need that. Okay, we we've been drafting a lot of hybrid guys or strong safety types. We need somebody. Um, and the knock on him is that uh, is that he misses tackles and the in the box stuff. Yeah, I don't care about that, dude. I don't need him to be that guy. I just need you to not let someone go over the top for a 60-yard touchdown. And that's what this guy does well. He's great at tracking the ball and plucking out of the air um, like a receiver. And he has great hands. Usually uh, guys in the secondary don't. He does. So he has what we need. I like it. And then for uh, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, I wasn't surprised when this guy came off the board because the Rams met with him and we're a big fan of his. Um, so they drafted all in all four guys on the line on defense. Um, Nick Hampton at 6'2", 236. For some reason, I think he's going to end up on the inside with Ernest Jones because he's basically the size of a linebacker. Um, but we'll see. 236 is kind of light in the pants to be a pass rusher, but he's a damn good player. All right. Closing thoughts on the draft class, Mike. Well, uh, you know, I think enough has been said about special, you know, lower rounds. And obviously I'm going to agree with a lot of it. Uh, And again, what I do see a consistency is a lot of these guys are going to come in with, with that hunger because of their their backgrounds from you know whether they transferred or whether they worked their way onto the field and so uh you know and I look at this guy you know Deshaun Johnson you know getting picked out down there last uh you know in the seven round pick again 62285 you may say maybe undersized but you know again you're you're coming from a place where you you've kind of had to earn it, may have been overlooked. So again, I see a consistent theme of it looks like they got a lot of players that are gonna come in with the proverbial chip on their shoulder and just go to work and put in work. 
Um, and so I don't see what is a lot of prima donnas that they drafted. So, you know, overall, before we got going, I'm like, man, this this is kind of. But, you know, as we've talked through it and gone through it, you know, specifically, you know, I could I, I, I would probably give them a B minus overall uh, on the overall draft. Tommy. Well. This is the first year in a long time I can't complain about the draft, so we're in a good spot. <laughs> I don't, you know, I mean, oh, I could nip the Super Bowl now. Oh no, I'm not going to be Jake. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, sh- I, I was get, I was getting in Jake's butt a little bit this weekend because he went from this is the worst team in the NFL after the draft. We're going to the playoffs. I'm like, this kid has no consistency whatsoever. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> you drive me nuts, but um. I think it's going to be fun because we have no idea what we're going to get. And that's kind of cool too. You know, you never know. You never know what can happen. We could win three games. We could win 10. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I think that's what makes it exciting. I'm I'm going to be the pessimist on that, man. I know I get the reputation of being that. In this case, I I look at a team that has a lot of holes, that they're filled with young guys, that they're taking their medicine. To get those books clear for 2024, they want the high draft picks. I see this as a purposeful dismantling for the sole purpose of rebuilding. And if that's the case, uh, it's going to be a long year. So you're saying three to ten. I'll go three to six or seven, depending on how well they can get that running game going. And that's just my, I mean, and I don't mean, and by the way, I'm saying this. Not to hammer the team. We've known it was coming. Well, there's a Super Bowl ring in Los Angeles on people's hands. I'm okay with this. I'm 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 fine. I'm I'm good to go with it. It's just that I get a little bit, say, perturbed when we start talking playoffs. They just when you just look on a sheet of paper at all the talent. They moved out, and you're replacing them with a draft class and 26 UDFAs. We haven't gotten into 26 UD 26 UDFAs. You're not, you know, you, you got a, a solid Seattle team in the division who got better in the draft. The 49ers are probably the favorite to win the division. I don't. We're not going. The Cardinals aren't there, but they had a good draft. I just don't see. What anyone is saying when they say 10 wins. I don't either. That's what people are saying, though. I think they're on crack cocaine if they're saying 10 wins. <laughs> and, and if and you're on crack cocaine, reasoning... that's some darn good crack cocaine. Yeah. Their reasoning to me is lazy, too. And I could beat that up all day long. Like, well, the NFC stinks. Well, compared to the AFC, okay, fair enough. But you can go down the list of all the teams that are not the Rams, 15 teams, right? And go through each one and say, is this team better than the Rams? Yes or no? And the list for yes is going to be a lot higher than no. And if you if not, you don't know jack about football. You're just being a homer at that point. I will not respect your opinion or listen to anything you have to say right. if you think that it's flip-flops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just not true. Home. 
Hold on, hold on. Let's just do this. Here are the opponents. Here are the opponents for 2023. Seattle twice. San Francisco twice. Arizona twice. But right away, I see one in five right there. Okay. Eagles at home. Eagles will beat them. Commit right now, anyways, on paper. Commanders, I think, will beat them at home. The Saints, are the Saints a better team? Are they a better team starting 22 versus our starting 22? Yeah, they're better. All right, the Browns, better 22? Yes, they're better. better, The Steelers, who destroyed this draft, by the way, better 22? I don't know their roster that well. but I'm going to go yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I I, I can't answer that one. All right, you're going away. You're on the road. Dallas, playoff team. Giants. They're better. Playoff team, Packers. That's interesting, but they're yeah. in Green Bay uh, at no. Baltimore. What? No. What? No. At Baltimore, no. Yeah, at Baltimore, no. At Cincinnati, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at Indianapolis, TBD, yes. dude. Like, yeah, I, I don't see. Know. I I'm sorry. I see right now on paper. Three to four wins. Now lock <laughs> that's, and change. That's fair. A, a lock and change between now and then. And by the way, again, before someone's saying, again, Derek is being negative. This, oh man, this is reality. You're just, you're just being, teams. you're living in the real world, dude. Like, okay. you don't live in fantasy land, bro. This and th- isn't and things, Mr. Rogers' yeah. neighborhood, dude. And things, <laughs> things change. You, no one knows how things can change, but your roster at this point is pretty well set. And, you know, we, I look at the 99 Rams, okay? And the 99 Rams were built over time to be the 99 Rams. There was talent there in 97, 98. You guys remember this, right? They just finally got the pieces they need. When I look at this roster right now, they got a couple pieces that are holdovers. But that's not enough experience-wise, depth-wise, to do what people want them to do. And so even to go 10 and 7, I don't see 10 wins there. One more time, I, I see one win in the division. I'll get, I'll, we'll split with Arizona, all right? I, I look at the Eagles, loss. Washington, loss. These are the home games, folks. The Saints, I see a loss. The Browns, a loss. The Browns are better people realize. The Steelers, that's a loss. I have them going right now at home in their eight home games, one and, one and seven. On the road. Losses for all divisional games there. 0-3. Loss at Dallas. Loss at the Giants. They're going to Green Bay. Loss. Ravens, loss. Bengals, loss. Maybe the Colts. So going back through that again, I see two wins. They'll probably have a couple upsets. He'll have them playing hard. So I'm I'm sticking with my guns here. Three to four wins. That's what I see. Mike I can't argue with it at do all. You have a different no, view. No, I'm 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 just sitting here enjoying the commentary because you know, as Tommy said, it's not Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. The, the reality is you gotta go, okay, this team against that team. Yeah, I mean, you going to Baltimore, beat them at home? No, you going to Green Bay in the freezer, 
you may be depending on how their quarterback situations get, but the facts are the facts. I mean, yeah. Now, if we go, all right, let's look at it from a, a simplistic standpoint. You know, when I'm coaching, I teach our teams, my teams, hey, you got to win at home. So if you can win all your home games, uh, maybe, you know, that's what, eight wins. But out of those eight, we could easily go to four or five of them and go, yeah, they're probably not going to beat them even if it's at home. So that's where the trouble comes. But as you noted, it's an NFL team. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. But just right now, looking at scheduling, yeah, it may be a long season. I, I, I want to point this out, though. I want to point this out. Let's, did I hear you just now, Tommy? Were you getting ready to go? What? It sounds like you're about to say something. No. Um, okay, so I just want to point this out. And I think it's really important that people hear this. We're living in the real world. And a lot of times what happens when teams go and rebuild is the fans stop showing up. I don't think fans should do that. I, I think if you can go catch it, you know, the game I'm eyeballing right now is Cincinnati. That's the game I'm eyeballing this year. That's going to be the closest one to me. I'm going to try and go if I can, if I can afford it, I'm going to try and go. Um, and the reason being is, one, it will probably be a Super Bowl revenge destruction. But these young guys, these young players, are going to need the fan base to back them up. And there's also something about the journey, too. Any kind of rebuild, a rebuild done right becomes like, to me, it becomes like Frodo's quest for the ring. Okay. The the ending is not a, is not always as important as a journey. We're about to see this team hopefully redevelop into a playoff team, and watching these players grow to me matters as a football fan. And so there's still plenty of reasons to go out there and support this team as a rebuild. I'm saying again, rebuild, especially coming off a good draft. They didn't they, the Rams didn't throw in the towel and say screw this crap. We're, we're done trying now. It's very clear. At the end of the draft, they have a plan. And they're very good developing undrafted free agents, and there's 26 of them. So for the fans who are listening to us be like Debbie Downers here, no, 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 no. When we start the season, we start covering the team, we're going we're gonna to be real like we always are, but we're going to be looking at the development of these players. That's yeah, what we're we going to do. We can't say that any of the rookies are going to be any good. We don't know that. Um, but on paper, that draft was good. And if 35% of those guys are good, 40%, man, we're, we're looking good. You know what I mean? It's gonna, And that's what's going to surprise people, and you'll go from three wins to six or maybe seven. You know what I mean? But we don't know that. We just have to look at it for what it is, which is the unknown. And when it's the unknown, you have to go with the under. You just have to. Uh, and right. again, no matter what, it's to me, I'm looking forward to the journey. And it's different than last time. Like when, when, Je- when Jeff Fisher took over, there was that initial like one year of hope um, that eventually just became a one year of hopelessness in terms of team quality. You always kind of seem to be stuck in neutral. And to me, you wondered about the plan. What's going to happen here? Are they really ever going to take a leap? 
Now that the Rams have taken a leap once and we know we have a GM who will be aggressive when necessary, uh, I'm not worried about them making it back. So I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, okay, I want to watch this because we're going to see this team rise again. And I think in a couple of years, I'll be back to being a contender. You just got to take your medicine. And we've all known that was going to happen. And hopefully he does it better. That's what I'm, Tommy, that's been our, your frustration. I know, Mike, that's been your frustration was they did a lot of things the first time around, which hindsight 2020 or even at the time, we're like, I don't like that. It's a bad idea. They got the ring out of it, but now you got to pay for it. And I'm hoping that they can find something that's more sustaining, like the Kansas City plan <laughs> or the New England plan, where they manage to be competitive now for a decade plus. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for in regards to, as you're saying, as we look at the draft, you know, you could go, like I said, you know, I'm giving it a B minus, and then you get a couple of those free agent guys that pan out. And now you have some guys that are, you know, three or four years away from having to, you know, pay maybe the super big bucks. But in the meantime, come back with another good draft. These guys have now developed a year and then you're right back in the hunt next year. So uh, and I'm sure, you know, Steve and Coach McVeigh and the rest of the staff is not going in there going, yeah, man, we don't really got a chance this year. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, but you do have a certain learning curve and guys got to gel. And if it is going to be, you know, Stafford somewhat passing the torch here in the next year or two, then, you know, those guys, as long as they develop, we're in good shape. All right. Really quick yeah. here. Right, is, is time, let me is say, one, time let me say one thing. Sure. Let me say one thing. I was at the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, and we won both of those games by a field goal. Those games could have went either way, dude. And boy, like when, when everyone was cheering both games, my first initial response physically was like a reincarnated Red Fox. Okay. <laughs> Mike, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Fred Sanford holding my heart saying, right, Elizabeth, right. Elizabeth, I'm coming. I'm, coming I'm telling you, bro, that had me so stressed out because I'm telling you those two games could have went either way. That's how close they were. And me, if we would have lost either one of them, Stan Kroenke would have went right into Les Needs office and be like, you're fired because we, especially the, the Super Bowl, because we would have got beat by a team that was built traditionally through the draft. <laughs> that would have been so embarrassing. Everybody else would have been like, see, I told y'all you can't be building no super team. That shit don't work. Woo. I was able to wipe the sweat off my forehead inside SoFi when we won that Super Bowl and not ever have to hear those criticisms ever. Woo. We got out of there with one. Boy, was that stressful. Stressful's not the word. I'm, oh, my gosh. Stressful's not the word. But you got it. And, and we hope. I, you know, by the way, I do, I do value the aggressiveness in terms of when the Rams realize they make a mistake, they'll 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 go do something about it. They don't just sit there and keep living with the mistake. You just want them to make less mistakes. That's yeah. what you want. You want fewer mistakes when it comes to making big decisions. And, and if, if they don't make some of those mistakes, we're probably looking at a very quick turnaround. And we can, we can talk about 2022 and say, well, uh, it was 
injuries. It was injuries. And you're right, but you know, you already the, the team had already been reducing some of its depth through spending because of all these contracts. It wasn't just, hey, injuries. So, so we weren't looking good. Listen, we almost were 0 and 2, bro. Okay. With our starters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, the team was looking hung rough. over. Hung over. So they can say injuries all you want. I, I, if we would have stayed healthy, I don't think we would have went to the playoffs. I don't. I think if they stayed healthy, they were a ten and seven ish team. May or may not make the playoffs. I but they to me weren't they weren't scaring me. You know, in terms of they weren't world beating. They weren't right. And but then again, for much of the Super Bowl year, they didn't look right. They pulled together at the end, thank goodness. But it wasn't like no, they looked great. No win November, buddy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And how was there for one of those with you? So yeah, you here were. we go. Here we go. The Before we roll, 26 undrafted free agents. That includes three li- four linebackers, five linebackers, most of them inside linebackers, two kickers. Chris, we're done. That's, that's probably our kicker next year. Chris, we're done from North, from, uh, North Carolina State. Right, one, two, three, four, four receivers, one quarterback. That's interesting. One quarterback, dresser win from Tennessee Martin. One lot. Uh, they got their long snapper, Alex Ward. There we go. Oh, he's making the team, by the way. Yeah, that's why I said that's they got their long snapper. One, he's, two, dude, three, he's good and he's funny too, man. I like that dude. Four, four safeties. One tight end, one, two, three, three corners, two centers, including one. I have to mention it from my hometown, Youngstown State. Mike McAllister, I'm going to give you a shout out. I'm going to try and get you on the show, dude. And one running back. I mean, I, I, I've never seen the Rams pick up this many undrafted. That's how, that's how empty their roster has been. Well, you got when you have forty and you got to get to ninety. There's your math right there. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. So, so again, going when you know they went and picked up twenty six undrafted free agents, and you know how much talent they unloaded off this roster, and you, I mean, they are going to have quite a few of those undrafted free agents make the team. Tell me how you can say ten wins, nine wins, eight wins. It is what it is, folks. It's a rebuild. Embrace it. Embrace it. Look for the You know what's weird? Two of those undrafted free agents in one of the mock draft simulators are ranked directly next to each other, which I think is a funny coincidence. Rashad Torrance the second and Quindale Johnson. Quindale Johnson I mocked to the Rams uh, multiple times this offseason in the sixth and seventh round. Safety out of Memphis, and we picked him up as an undrafted free agent. I'm rooting for him to make the team, and I think he will. I think. Well, I hope ma- so. I think he's gonna make. I think they got their kicker there, Christopher Dunn. He's gonna make the team. Uh, you, your punter is. They they drafted one, and you got a couple punters as well. I mean, I think there's there is some stuff that the Rams have been very good at finding guys undrafted. That's one thing you got to give them credit for. They've been good at that. Yeah, Michael. Any last, any last thoughts on anything we've put out here? This is it. We're shutting down the house. No, uh, last thoughts are just uh, 
I like the, your analogy. You know, I think they're taking their medicine, but they're not taking as bad a medicine as could have been. And so hopefully uh, the medicine heals quickly. There we go. Folks, find us on Twitter, Talk Grounds, find our podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. And of course, personally, I'm DC Paul on Twitter, Tommy's Ram Tommy in LA, and Mike is Mike is one Duke 23. Until next time, we're out of here. Have a great one. See you soon. Howdy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.